podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 365 of Film Bastards. Yes, with this one in the can, you'll be able to listen to a Film Bastards every day of every non-leap year. What a treat. <laughs> My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Uh, we are sans Becky today. Becky is... Um, uh, frankly, um, doing some work to try and earn some big bucks. Yep. So, so she lard it up, maybe that she's the major breadwinner in it again. <laughs> nice, absolutely. Full respect to Becky for that. Absolutely. And <laughs> to she be fair, does sometimes as well. <laughs> no, I bet she does. Um, and uh, to be fair. She had absolutely zero interest in Enola Holmes, and I think Mark only had half interest, if that. So we're going to be reviewing Enola Holmes. Uh, we're not being we're not being welcomed to Marwin, and we're not doing the devil um, all the time because, frankly, just poor planning on my part. We recorded on Wednesday, and then Mark reminded me that Mark and Bex were on uh, uh, off on holiday all week. It was like, well, shit. And, and, and as well, we, we, we were planning and then we couldn't, unfortunately, because of circumstances, couldn't oh, uh, recording, playing it forward. And so we recorded on Wednesday. Ian then realised he had four films to watch for Friday. <laughs> and now it's Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I watched two. Uh, I watched Greta last year. Like I said before, I'm not watching The Wave. Um, so, yes, <laughs> look forward to a playing it forward probably in a couple of weeks time where barely any of us can remember barely any of the details of the films. Um, but it was uh, unfortunately postponed for a very good reason. And by Christ, I hope Noel's had a decent weekend after that. Um, he's fine. Just a work thing. Um, so yes, essentially, um, Welcome to Marwin, I think, was a little bit of a fucking just spur of the moment thing anyway. But the devil all the time, we've postponed that twice now. We will talk about it next time round. Um, but we are talking Enola Holmes and we are talking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, as I said um, on the show last week, I was looking forward to uh, rewatching it around Halloween time anyway. So fuck it. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, you know. It, it may be a bit of a, a, a shorter normal show than usual, even though patrons have just had about 25 minutes of Mark and I uh, talking. Um, I'll save the surprise of what it was for, uh, what it was about for, uh, you know, for, for the patrons. But also uh, just a bit of patron um, housekeeping. I today put up some polls. I am going to do four Bond commentaries. Um and I put up some polls as a semi-final of sorts. Um, so basically uh, four out of the 24 films released so far in six polls. Uh, the winner of those polls, um, I will then um, uh, have a one versus one to decide the final four. Um, it is uh, the voting can be done by patrons only. And obviously the commentaries will only be on the Patreon feed. So patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Uh, even though thinking about it, by the time this one comes out, there'll probably only be a day or two of the 
of of the poll left um, because we can't upload last week's show until Thursday. Um, to be honest, I might just put both the show both the shows out on the regular feed same day. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but so far, um, from Russia with love is in the lead of the first poll. Uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service in the lead on the second. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me in the lead on the third. Um, License to Kill leading the fourth. Um, yeah, as you can tell, my, my voice, I'm actually quite surprised by that. But, you know, it's the only 15 rated Bond. Um, <laughs> poll number five tied Golden Eye and Die Another Day. Um, yeah, I can see why people would want me to talk over Die Another Day. Um, and tied in poll six, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. <laughs> and I, I, I'll be joining you for whichever Craig one you do. I, ki- I kind of hope it's not Quantum of Solace. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether there's that much to talk about with that film. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll fill time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite like Colton the Solace. <laughs> no, yes, you do. Okay, so that would be something there. The, the, my favourite thing about Quantum Solace is that it's directed, uh, it's edited by a man called Matt Cheese, but his name's just spelled Cheese. <laughs> um, I never noticed that. Matt it's cheese. Matt Cheese. <laughs> it's put an accent on one of the E's. Nah, mate, your, your yeah. name's Cheese. Look, that's like James Rodriguez. It's James, you prick. Yeah, yes, 100% that. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bond commentaries. Um, I'll be, you know, assuming No Time to Die isn't pushed, I'll be recording them um, after LFF is uh, over and done with, um, leading up to the release of uh, Bond, which I want to say is November the 12th, if memory serves. Um, yes, uh, it is because the reason why Freaky is not coming out on Friday the 13th of November over here is because No Time to Die is out Thursday the 12th. Um, Freaky coming out in December over here. Thanks. Um, hopefully. Uh, bit of, uh, bit of film news. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan has announced his new film and that they've started filming. I love the title. Yeah. Old. Old. Nice poster as well. Good poster. Good uh, poster. Go on, sorry. The only problem is, is it's for an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, and that kind of, you know, ruins the whole fucking aesthetic, doesn't it? I mean, if it's a secret happening sequel, I'm down. Would that, would that surprise you? It's a really good poster. It's, again, it's a shame. Do you know what, though? You know what I'm doing? You know, uh, when we got the cabin, we always take a bunch of DVDs just to watch. Um, yeah. Just for, even though we can watch things on um, on like Netflix and things like that, just the sheer experience when we first went the first few times, we didn't think, fuck it, let's take the Apple TV. Uh, we just got a load of DVDs uh, from a from CEX, I think, in Bridlington. Uh, so we're taking a few, but I decided rather than going and buying a few, I'm just going to go up in the loft and looking like the four and a half thousand that I've still got up there. Nice. Um, and I'm going to take Lady in the Water. Okay. Because I remember quite liking Lady in the Water. Um, 
and everyone calling me an idiot for it. And at the time thinking, well, no, I, I quite like it. And I, I, ever since, I've been scared to rewatch it again because it, I will literally prove that, yes, that's right, I am an idiot. Um, and I already proved pretty much two, three times a day that, that thing. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with that now. But there's also the back of my mind thing saying, but what if you do watch it again? You do kind of like it again. So I'm thinking, fuck it, yeah, I'm going to give Lady in the Water a rewatch. It's got its defenders, mind. I remember just, just, just kind of enjoying kind of being caught up in the experience of it. But then I, I started, like, I was trying to explain it to somebody the other day. Um, and as I was explaining it, that person was going, oh, yeah, oh, that sounds quite good. And I was thinking, no, it doesn't. It sounds terrible. <laughs> and I was thinking, hang on a minute. I miss the fact that he literally cast himself as the Messiah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so, so it's going to be quite interesting going back and rewatching that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> I think I'm going to need it. Very Another film that I'm taking as well is Observe and Report. I like the Observe and Report. I really like it. And I think, sort of like, chilling out on, the, on an afternoon watching Observe and Report could be, with a couple of beers, could be a decent watch. Like, yeah, I, uh oh, I wouldn't mind rewatching that. It's, um... Yeah, that film's fucking dark. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it sneaks up on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's got that fantastic fucking slow-mo chase um, sequence towards the end of that cover of Where Is My Mind. <laughs> is that the end where he just literally... It, it, it has like a fast-cut end where he just shoots the guy in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah, shit. I'm very much looking forward to rewatching that. So old-school early Michael Pena. Yeah, absolutely. And it was um God, directed by the guy who did the uh the foot fist way, Jody Hill. Jody Hill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um he was one who just kind of came and went, wasn't he? Um It was like the dude who directed Napoleon Dynamite. What was his fucking name? Um even though he directed um Gentleman Broncos. Uh Jared Hess. Jared Hess, yeah. Yeah. Um and Gentleman Broncos great Sam Rockwell shit in that film. There's something in that film that made me laugh in the in a way that that thing that I talked about a couple of weeks back with that's my boy with the stripper drinking the orange juice upside down. <laughs> There's something in Gentleman Broncos that may like give like reminds me of that. I think I need to watch Gentleman Broncos again. The last thing he did was that um, was Masterminds that Zach Galifianakis, Owen Wilson, Kirsten Wig one. That it, like it never came out, did it? It, uh, no, it's it, 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 amazingly it didn't come out anywhere over here, but it did come out in the in the US and actually did not do bad. Oh, really? Okay. It, right. know, it didn't do well. Twenty five million budget, but I, I'm surprised to look here and go, oh, it made thirty million. Fucking fair enough. Fucking hell. All right then. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It probably didn't necessarily embarrass itself then, eh? No. Ah, good, good. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, wow, we sorry. That's not a funny, isn't it? That was a very, very surprise burp. My apologies. Um, 
Oh dear. Uh, ever so sorry. So yes, uh, old. Um, and I, it's just the fact that okay, cool. Films are shooting again. Yeah. You know, like it, it just it's it's nice that even though studios have got so much fucking content backed up that they need to get out at some point um you know that you know uh, uh, this one universal said yeah it's coming out in 2021 you know uh, which is fucking crazy because obviously they've got Candyman, they've got halloween kills um they're gonna have this m night Shyamalan one it, it, i don't know it but i do like the confidence of going nah do you know what let's start shooting yeah so that's something um and uh yeah i don't know i think that was about it i believe surprised netflix haven't announced yet that they bought coming to america you know i i I think that's something like that is not far out no um no No, it's gonna happen isn't it yeah i mean it i I don't know. It's interesting. It's like this coming week, is anything going to be announced as being delayed and whatnot? You know, I mean, I think it's really interesting that um, um, Soul uh, will be playing some LFF shows. And it's like it's still really fucking up in the air as to whether that thing's coming out or not. Um, there was rumours, weren't there, uh, a few weeks ago that it was going to end up going um, straight to Disney+. Plus yeah yeah exactly um and i i you know i think we spoke spoke about black widow on the on on the last record but something about how bad how mulan did on disney plus has fucking scared disney um you know which for me is good um but yeah that's the thing it's like lff get the world premiere of soul and then it's like right once these screenings happen when the fuck is that film actually going to play again (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah you know i it, which is which is crazy um and i i don't know disney need to release it at some point in the next few months because there's gonna be barely any competition for best animated feature and if it hits in the way that you know it could there's best pic- best picture possibilities for that fucker as well mm-hmm. you know i mean like in in a field like the of the likes that we will have this year who's who's to say like isn't it um didn't the academy change the rules so now it's a guaranteed 10 every year yes so you know i mean okay what have we got then trial of the chicago seven mank um the five bloods the five bloods yeah yeah soul Tenet's not getting a Best Picture nomination. I think it is this year. I don't. Uh, I don't know. It, I don't think it's well liked enough. But I get what you're saying. But so, okay. I, I, I think I don't think it is. But I think there's. I think it's almost like by default. It, they, they, they feel like right. This was the one that kind of that that tried to was the glue that tried to hold everything together a little bit yeah so almost like for what it kind of represented as much as that yeah, yeah. all right okay so that's that's five um i mean you start going into the likes of ron howard's one hillbilly elegy you know because it's ron howard and it's based on a book 
Uh, what's so, that one that's um, got Daniel Kaluuya in it that comes out in... Oh, um, The Last Black Messiah, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's, I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking hell of a trailer. Um, um, so I think it's like that I could see getting get, getting a nomination for sure. What about the new Borat? No. Um, Great so, title, though. What? The the new Borat. Have you seen the title? No, what's it called? Oh, let me just get let me just get it up again. I, I, I don't know. It made me laugh. Um, come on. Just have a look at what else has come out sort of this year. Oh, uh, here we go. Well, Borat, gift of pornographic monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently dim- diminished nation of Kazakhstan. Fucking hell, fair enough. <laughs> do, do, do you think that um, best, uh, biggest box office grossing uh, film still of 2020, Bad Boys for Life, could get on this? <laughs> I mean, nah, but... <laughs> If if I was that film, right, and it got to it got to the first of January twenty twenty one and that was the biggest grossing movie of all of, of, of twenty twenty, I would take out a fucking billboard of <laughs> <laughs> just Martin Lawrence and Will Smith just laughing. Just, just the time is now. Yeah. We fucking told you. <laughs> The time is now. Consider bad boys for life. <laughs> I mean, because it's interesting because it's like apparently there's there's been word this week that um, Wes Anderson's going to um, or like the distributors, I should say, as opposed to Wes Anderson, uh, going to hold back the French dispatch, not have it for Oscar contention, but launch it at Cannes next year. And it's like. You know, that's placing a bet that is and good on them for like the show of support, but. May next year, we absolutely sure they're going to be able to do a can. Yeah, it's unlikely, isn't it? You know, who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is it, man. This is it. Um, but then again, saying that they they just did a fucking Venice, didn't they? And it was yeah. all socially distanced, and they actually had people there. So yeah. um, it went it went quite well. Yeah, 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 quite, yeah, quite. So that's that's it. Like old old Corona, as I said in the in in the Patreon bit, it's not massive touchwood. It's not massively affecting cinemas and cine- like exhibition and whatnot. You know what is affecting it is the fact that no one wants, no fucker wants to put any content out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the unfortunate business of it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um. Also, uh, just uh, reading um, that Tom Holland film that's, I think, directed by the Russos, Cherry, uh, got picked up by Apple TV Plus. Um, uh, So paid $30 million for it, um, which is interesting. I I assume that film must be quite low budget if Apple only paid $30 million for it. Um, But, yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trailers. Um, 
just because I don't think we talked about it last week, uh, the new one from um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the directors of uh, of The Endless, um, Synchronic. Oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, yeah. Yes, they watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks fuck. And also, even though like just talking about how uh, cinemas don't aren't being affected by COVID, no one release anything. Um, they put though the the directors put out a statement saying when it comes out in U.S. theaters. Please don't go see it, um, because because we don't want you getting COVID, um, which is something. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So apparently they they asked the uh, distributor um, to basically just release it on VOD or postpone it, and the distributors said no. So they put out a statement along with one of the producers basically saying, we don't want people to go out to go see it. Feel free to go see it in a drive-in. Absolutely fine. If you're going to go to, if you're actually going to go to a cinema, for the love of God, take precautions. And it's like, wow, we, and it, like uh, apparently um, Jordan Peele was massively on the, we need to delay Candyman to next year thing because of his worries about COVID as well. And especially because of how it's disproportionately affecting the black community. Yeah, I saw that. And that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's real interesting. And I mean, fair fucking play because all these people have obviously only got fellow human beings in mind when they're putting out statements like this. Mm. Um, I like there is a part of me that does say that does think like going and being that militant about it. You know, it's like, but we don't know when cinemas are going to be safe enough for you yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, 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 there is an aspect of that for me there. But I would say with Synchronic, um, like th- those guys have never really had films pop really big at the cinema and it kind of like that VOD seems to have treated them quite kindly. So I can understand why they'd be like, look, just stick it out on VOD. People can watch it safely. Um, but it looks interesting and I want to see it in a cinema. So, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Anthony Mackie going fucking mad and having visions and whatnot. I'll watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. You know, I, I haven't seen Endless, but I, I, I really like Spring, so. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Endless is cracking, uh, especially okay. if you've seen their earlier work, uh, which is real interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm up for Synchronic. I think it might have played LFF last year. Like, it's been done for a while um, um, Yeah, because yeah, I mean, they've actually got another movie set finished and set to come out. Yeah, there you there you go. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, looking forward to um to to Synchronic. Um, oh, it, it also just as a slight tangent as well, it might be worth saying. I I think we spoke on the show a couple of weeks back about how some LFF films they hadn't like said that there were going to be press screenings for them. Uh, there was an update on that last week. Uh, Possessor, the new Brad and Cronenberg, will be getting uh some sort of online press screening. Um, we don't know when yet um but hopefully we'll be able to make that work yeah um that that feels like quite a, a film bastards one to do um oh, yeah. and regina king's directorial debut one night in miami um 
which is actually starting to get a bit of Oscar buzz as well, um, is also going to be getting a press screening. So um, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we've only got the um, this kind of like background stuff, but we've only got the schedule for this coming Friday through the Tuesday after at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll probably get the the schedule for the next the next week after that some point this week. Um, and yeah, um, just while we're on that, so are you guys going to be able to watch anything on the Friday? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So the Riz Ahmed, what are we thinking? Yes, that's what yeah. I'm looking. So uh, uh, mogul Mowgli, Mowgli, mogul. Um, that's what it's called, something like that, isn't it? Mogul Mowgli, Mowgli, yeah. Um, so we'll be looking to cover that. Um. The Abel Ferrara film Siberia has got its press screening uh, a week Monday. Um, I'll definitely be able to watch that. So I, if you guys can't, I'll talk about it separately. I think we're planning on watching that. Okay, cool. And uh, Relic as well. Um, I'm going to try and watch this. this. That system's interesting. Like the whole so fucking inside baseball, this apologies, but like so basically you've got an hour from when the link it kind of works to start watching it but then as long as you don't click away from the browser window yep you can resume it at a later point that's apparently what it is yeah which is fucking fascinating yeah as long as your browser doesn't refresh (laughs) yeah yeah so is like my question would be is there anything stopping you from just opening four tabs and then just clicking play on your laptop and then pause when each one starts and then just catching up on them at your own schedule yeah you'd think wouldn't you i mean it'd be fucking amazing if that is how it works it would be quite amusing wouldn't it yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking fascinating experiment, this. But um, uh, all, all the fucking, you know, props to the BFI because they haven't even charged press this year. Um, they never they never used to, and then they they charged press for a few years, and they they haven't this year. Um, and they could well have, you know. I mean, in the end of the day, if it's online screenings, there'll be a lot of people. It's going to be the least London-centric coverage they'll probably ever have. That's the interesting bit, isn't it? Mm. And I don't know. It would just it it would be really fun to see what voices come out there. You know, um, it's yeah, really, 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 really fucking looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully, over the next few weeks, we'll have some good uh, good coverage for you guys. Anyway, um, let's talk. Enola Holmes, which is directed by a man. And that Harry man's Bradbeer. name. Bradbeer. Bradbeer. Is Harry Bradbeer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it stars Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Sam Claflin, Lewis Partridge, Helena Bonham Carter, Francis Dillator, and Fiona Shaw. So. This is based on a series of books by Nancy Springer called the Enola Holmes Mysteries and uh, centers on Millie Bobby Brown's Enola, um, who has been living with her mother, played by Helena Bonham Carter, uh, her two brothers, um, um, Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, 
uh, both um, fucked off out of the house years ago as she doesn't really remember them. Uh, her mother goes missing, however, and she engages them to say that her mother's missing. And it all kind of like kicks off a mystery, uh, which uh, also has a kind of a B plot, which is also an A plot, but also a B plot uh, uh, revolving around a missing uh, Mar- Marquess. Um, and it goes on from there. So. This is a Netflix acquisition. Uh, it was originally it, uh, originally uh, Warner Brothers were behind it and it was going to get a theatrical release. Um, and then Corona happened and uh, Warner sold it to Netflix. Uh, Mark, does this feel like a theatrical film or does this feel like something that, yeah, fair enough, this is a Netflix film? It's, yeah, fair enough, this is a Netflix film. Okay, so that was our review of Enola Holmes, and uh, that's not that's not uh, that's not even based around whether or not I like the film or not. But yes, it's 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 got that mid-budget kind of thing, which doesn't really get released in cinemas anymore. I I I I was surprised to learn that this wasn't a Netflix Netflix movie. That makes sense. Mm, yeah i it, 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 i mean and a fair play because millie bobby brown obviously from stranger things you know you, you'd think they were just in the millie bobby brown game but it's got that it's got that whole kind of thing where it doesn't look necessarily look cheap but like a lot of the the backgrounds of victorian england feel very cg edition which don't look great um mm. the, the cinematography's not a mate a pretty workman like to be fair um yeah yeah and I, I will also to be fair you know henry cavill of the witcher so they're in the henry cavill game as well you know um yeah it, I, yeah what, what did you think of it overall though um the thing is uh, there seems to be this weird thing about um uh, millie Bobby brown in the sense that she seems to have i mean cause i think she produced this as well didn't she yeah yeah um that she seems to have put an awful lot of people's noses out of joint. Um, I, I I actually haven't seen her in anything uh, because she's not actually done that much, and I don't watch Stranger Things, uh, and I haven't watched the um, Godzilla versus Monsters. Was it called or Oh, King of the Monsters? Of- yeah, I forgot she was in I, that. Yeah, I haven't watched that, so I've I've had very little exposure to to, to Millie Bobby Brown. So she hasn't had the chance to to, to either wow me or piss me off. Um, my only exposure to Millie Bobby Brown that I, I know of is that she's a massive red. So she, I was already kind of in her corner a little bit. Um, and so it, it, I, I didn't have any of that background noise going on. Um, uh, and I really like Henry Cavill. Um, I can never make my mind up with um, Sam Claflin. It, 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 the, is he either really good or is he really bad? And I still can't make my mind up on that. Um I so but I like the idea of the film for the trailer, but she did annoy me with the constantly turning around. And I thought, oh, but is that a trailer thing? And then was very quickly um, <laughs> yeah. shown in the film. No, it's not a trailer thing. It 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 it, it, it basically is a good a, a good chunk of the film is her turning around to the camera. And I'm not that fourth wall breaking doesn't bother me. I actually kind of quite like it when it's used quite well. Um, and it, and it is occasionally used well here it's just it starts to become 
you start to stop going. You start. I start to feel myself going with the film going. No, 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 continue doing what you're doing. Continue going on with your journey. Stop turning around and telling me what's happening. I can see it. Please continue with the journey. So that was starting to to irk me a little bit. Um, but it's a really odd one. I think in all I think if it gets you um, and it's aimed at you, um, then you'll get an awful lot out of it but it didn't get me but i didn't dislike it but it didn't grab me it is way too long way 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 too long i paused at one point to get a drink um and turn up becky by the way i paused it and i was enjoying it and i turned up becky and went how the fuck has this been only on for 30 minutes and part of that is because they're cramming an awful lot in, but then there's not an awful lot of story. Um, it, it's a really fucking odd duck of a movie. Mm. Um, I think all the performances are good in it. I think the story is flimsy as hell um, in the sense that the mystery that isn't even really that much of a mystery uh, it does something that a lot of modern kids' movies like this are, because it is it, it is a kids' movie, because it's based on a selection of kids' books, um, that, that focuses on... It's almost this fetishising um, the upper classes in the at the turn of the century. Sure, uh, sure. Um, that's kind of like... I wasn't surprised to see that... Um, Harry um, Bad Beer, um, that he uh, directed a few episodes of Fleabag. That did not surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. This is his first film and directed a lot of TV stuff. and some decent TV stuff, but this is his first film and he's directed a lot of TV stuff. And I will say, Enola Holmes, would, if it was made 20 years ago, would have been on the BBC on a Sunday night at six o'clock. Sure. Uh, which again isn't a criticism but that is just it would have been um but there's almost like this a lot of uh british under i would say even under 50 um actors directors and writers come from a privileged background and so we're getting a lot of views of privileged lifestyles um and it's now it started to be we're getting um period pieces based on previous lifestyles and they always kind of hurt me. I don't I don't give a shit is, is the honest answer. Um and does that come from a place of working class snobbery? Maybe. Um it does uh, from that. But yeah, I liked all the performances. Uh there's a few bits in it where I go but but wait a minute. What like major bits in it where I go, wait a minute, but what about how that how? Uh the the you kind of got to go, you've got to go right. Well, no, there has to be a suspension of belief there. But then I go, but it's it's right there. <laughs> so, for instance, um, when she puts the ciphers, uh, when she puts the coded messages in all the newspapers, yeah, yeah, and then Sherlock puts a selection of just numbers in there um, for her, and she deciphers it using the the, the cipher code that thing, thing that she's got there. That she used with her mother. Hmm. How did he know which numbers corresponded to which letter? He's Sherlock Holmes. 
Right, but that unfortunately isn't good enough in this. <laughs> no, it, you're it, right, it's not. It, it, it can't cut it. And and that is what I that's, that's what I thought at first. Thought, well, he is Sherlock Holmes. I thought, no, you, you you can't you can't do that when you're deep when you, when you're pitching her as being the next great detective and he's the original great detective. Your mystery has got to be a little bit tighter, and this kind of wasn't a little bit. But I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. And I definitely can't say it's shit because it, it it is not shit, but it's just not for me. And I think I'm cool with saying that in that I didn't get it, but it's not aimed at me and I got enough out of it. But if it's a, if, it, if this is a hundred minutes, I, I, probably had a, I would probably have had a much better time with it. But the big mystery that we've got going on about to find the mother they don't actually get, she doesn't actually get found, and nothing, nothing happens with that whatsoever. No, yeah, I mean that 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 was that was interesting because it was getting so close to the end, and it was like, are they, are they honestly just going to drop the mother part and then yeah. maybe pick it up in a sequel or something? Which, um, it, 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 and that is therein lies the problem, right? If you couldn't tell the mother story in this film. And then you sidetrack, which the movie quite clearly does, then sidetrack to going from finding my mother to saving Cheeksbury the bike out of yeah. that she keeps on saying the full title, which is supposed to be cute, and it just makes you want to fucking burn Garmin in the face. Um, it, it's, if you're going to do that, it's a bit like, hang on a minute, no, because your mystery was shit in the first one, and you got away on essentially charisma and a little bit of, you know, right, all right, I'm enjoying this and all of that. If you're then going to pitch that in the second one, it's a bit like, nah, fuck off, you tried that in the first one and you couldn't think of anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it's... Um... No, because I, 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 I get it that, you know, in the end of the day, the story is not about her finding her mother. It's about her finding who she is and whatnot, you know. So it's... Ah, but again, I disagree with that. Because <laughs> okay. we already know who she is. From She doesn't change <laughs> from the first fucking bit to the last fucking bit. She doesn't change. Actually, that's, re- that's a fuck. That... No, fair enough. There is no personal growth whatsoever. No. Yeah, no, you're right. She's fully formed from the off. Yeah. So that's it. Which is again is not a problem. But my point then comes back to: is the story really about a political vote of a lord? Is that really the fucking story? Well, that's that's the yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Like, you've got. The, the like the slightly kind of half-hearted really kind of like look at like the 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 world there and it, you know that that woman has the conversation with Henry Cavill about he finds politics boring and it and she's like well it's because you're comfortable in the way you are and you don't need to engage with it I'm paraphrasing there but it's like yeah. so and then the, the, that that vote is about like vote voting reform and whatnot so it is there in the background but it, that's the it, it's a film that's over two hours long and just does seem to chuck things up in the air and yeah. the only plot thread that's really given enough time um to feel fully done by the end is her relationship with Tewksbury 
you yeah. know, it, it's like I, I I thought they were quite a nice little couple at the uh, to, like by the end as well. Like, I thought I, I thought they had a good sparky dynamic with each other, and I did How like. How old that... is he supposed to be? Sorry. How old is he supposed to be? If she's 16, I could see him being like 17, 18. Because I think I, I'm wondering how old you have to be to get past it in the House of Lords. It must be 18 there. Mm. That's so that so that's not too bad. That, that, that's a it, it's not as questionable as the fact that for some reason um, Sam Kathleen uh, is is cast as the older brother to Henry that's Cavill. Fucking, yeah, that was crazy. Like it, when it's like we, the fact that, that 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 no matter what Sam Kathleen will always look 27 and um, Henry Cavill will always look like a very handsome man in his 40s. It, it, yeah. And I was amazed to learn that actually that, that, that Henry Cavill is, is younger than me, uh, which made me feel fucking incredibly depressed. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, it made me go, oh, well, that's just fucking, that's just twisting the own knife, my own knife into me there. Yeah, it, that's a weird one. Yeah, I I, I mean, that's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a first time director film. It, 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 I mean that you know it, it's got he's it, got a very like it's perfect it's competently made to a point but it's also sprawling when it doesn't need to be sprawling like you say if this thing was a hundred minutes long it would it would flow an awful lot better but I I, I can't say I was ever bored um I on, on honestly I can't um but by the end of it it was like well there were certain bits of that that did actually feel redundant. Um, you know, like Mycroft Holmes may as well just not be in it. I don't, I don't really see what Sam Claflin brought to the table. Henry Cavill, I, I, his arc, he has growth. Yeah. You know, like, and, and his arc by the end, I thought was really nice. Um, I, you know, it's, and it's, it's fine. I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite charming. I like Millie Bobby Brown as a screen presence. I'll say that. I, I you know, I, I thought that she, I don't, it was like she was intelligent, but she wasn't necessarily rubbing your nose in it. She kind of, it felt like that, you know, she was having a laugh really. And I appreciated that. Um, yeah. I, I, and I would watch more of these. I would, I'll be honest, I'd rather it be her and Henry Cavill having adventures together, though. But yeah, go on. Yeah, her as as Sherlock's assistant. But but instead of following instead of following what Sherlock is doing, you're following what she's doing as his assistant. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind that kind of thing. So she's his assistant, but he just sends her off on shit that he can't be asked to fucking like cases that he can't be asked to deal with and then he'll just try and swoop in at the end and pretend he fucking solved it yeah there you go so a little bit of an inspector gadget kind of fucking dealio mm-hmm. um you know i i I'd, I'd be fine with that and i would i would watch another one because i didn't not enjoy my time with it i just it it's it's odd in the sense that I was expecting it to either be a lot better or a lot worse. And it just ended up being a really weird kind of mixture of things, really, that, that sometimes works really well and sometimes doesn't. Um, the, and it, it, it seemed to, for a mystery film, it seemed to lack any mystery or intrigue because everything gets solved really quickly. I need to solve the puzzle. I've solved it. I need to, I've solved that. And it just, and then, oh, 
another one that actually irked me. Go another on. meeting that she was having that she that um, that uh, Enola accidentally um, happened upon that her mother was having with those people. Yeah. In her house. Mm-hmm. Right. Why were they talking in ridiculous code? Right. Why were they talking in code when they didn't need to? <laughs> it uh... makes no fucking sense. And you cannot make any sense of it. It literally is like they picked a bunch of fucking places in London and went, right, how can we make anagrams of this? What can we do? Well, these we can make these anagrams get them to say this. And it makes fucking zero sense. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, like they're, they're trying to get used to referring to those things in those kinds of ways so that when they're talking about this stuff out in the open, they don't Ooh. fuck up. Except it goes nowhere. No, you're right. And it just, it was a little bit like, oh my God, it's one of those where you're watching it going, right, it's not, I I, I don't know if you're trying to be smart and failing miserably, or if it's just that, well, actually, it's it's not a film aimed at me, it's aimed at a younger audience. Um, And that's not me going, I'm smarter than children, yay, but smarter than most children because they're fucking children. Um, but the other bit is, I think kids will be bored in this. <laughs> oh, mate, 100% Lossie switched off after like 15 yeah. minutes. Kids will be bored of this because it, it it's not that interesting. You know, this, it, I, I, I do think that the problem is this is the, the type of movie that... Um, that grandparents will think their kids like it yeah but their, I mean, kids, it, but their, their, their grandkids will like and their grandkids are going no i want to play fortnite and i want to watch spider-man and they're going no 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 watch this it, it it's it's definitely not about politics <laughs> and then winking and thinking no it's actually not it well, mentions I mean, politics but it has it, nothing about it it's like it's like Wes Anderson with Fantastic Mr. Fox in Isle of Dogs, where it's just like, yeah, kids will like this. Why? I yeah, don't know, because it's got up. it's got animals Have in it. Have you met a child? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Isle of Dogs. I'm gonna make a film that's half in subtitles because kids fucking love reading subtitles. Yeah. It's like, it's like no, your kid might enjoy it, but I guarantee you, I want to punch your kid. No, I mean, I, I, that's slight tangent that's the thing lottie would fucking love isle of dogs she'd love it because it's it is about dogs but because half that fucking film is in subtitles she can't she i'd have to re i'd I'd have to talk over it for her you know and it it, yeah anyway but yeah and that's you're right though that and to be fair i don't think the film has been marketed as a kid's film but at the same time it's based off of like young adult source novel. Yeah. And it stars Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, yeah, it's an odd duck is Enola Holmes. I, I, I mean, like I say, I liked it. I liked it fine. Um, it, and again, it's, I, I say this a lot, but if you're so inclined, you'll have a perfectly decent time with it. But at the same time, I could, I could understand Mark why you're, why you're just like, yeah, it's fine. It's just not for me. Yeah. And that's it. it it's, without question it's definitely not shit because it isn't shit yeah yeah um but it's just not it's not my bag i think that 
think sometimes you've got to kind of with films it's you can take what you get from it but you've got to look at things sometimes and go right but it's not bad. It's just I didn't get on with it. That doesn't make it bad because it didn't fucking it it didn't grip me. So it's 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 a I always think that's a preposterous way to look at cinema. Is well, I didn't like it, therefore it's shit. Well, no, that doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> You're yeah, basically yeah. saying that that all art should be made for me. <laughs> yeah, quite. And let's quite. face it, we don't want all art to be made for me. <laughs> we just don't. <laughs> No, I, I I think society is uh, is far far more comfortable for yeah. that. Literally, yeah. Craig Robinson would be going. I need a week off. I just need one week off. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, so uh, how did the audience poll come out? I don't know, but if Ben Gorman turns up as Ben Gorman, <laughs> I mean. He's a fucking wet-faced freakazoid, isn't he? Isn't he? There was a there was a bit um, where she says, "I'll never forget that face." I was like, "No, you weren't," because it's Bern Gorman's face. Nobody forgets that face. No, that'll be etched into your fucking nightmares now. <laughs> so yeah. weird that he was like the set, like kind of like a sex symbol in Torchwood, and he looks exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> so weird. Um, in something, it's going to be Torchwood. So our audience poll, definitely not shit, 57%. And Touching Cloth, 43%. Yeah, fair enough. That, that's about right. I'm glad it, got, I'm glad it didn't get any shit, because I don't, I don't think it's shit. Um, but I also... It, it's, it's a really fucking odd one. But like you say, I will watch a sequel if it comes out. When it comes out, sorry, because it will get a sequel. Yeah, this 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 thing will fucking do huge numbers for Netflix. You, you would assume, eh? So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, but I think that the, the sequel will be. I, I think there'll be a, there'll be a thing that Netflix have where they've said we get the sequel though. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's a Netflix thing through and through at this point, isn't it? Anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. 
Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's on Tap podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's talk about some uh, what we've been watching then. So, uh, Mark, what have you got for us? I've got a little couple because, like I say, it's it's it's, it's only been a few days since recording. I did watch some stuff for um, like right, for, uh, so I did watch Greta, um, which is going to be fun to chat about. <laughs> yeah, but what I'll say is um, Ian knows me well. <laughs> There's a fucking moment in Greta where you don't expect summit to go off and it really goes off and I went Oh what expecting that but that's great <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. I'm looking forward to Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go into more detail on playing it for and record that. Um I rewatched a movie that I watched a few years ago called Coffee Town. Um because you ever get that thing where you where your brain like clicks on something um and goes you want to rewatch this, don't you? And and you go, yeah, yeah, I want to rewatch that. And then you start thinking, am I the only person in the world that is rewatching this? <laughs> sure, yeah, you probably are, knowing you, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so have you ever seen Coffee Town or even heard of Coffee Town or remember me talking about Coffee I Town? Think, I, I think I remember you talking about it previously, like in it, like some far reach in my brain, but yeah. go on. So it stars the uh, that um, Glenn Howerton, uh, one of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm. um, and Ben Schwartz and Steve Little uh, as three friends. Um, so uh, the guy from It's Always Sunny uh, plays a guy called Will, who is essentially he works from home, um, but then through a series of events ends up having to go and use the local coffee shop called Coffee Town as his uh, essentially like his workplace uh, and so he's working there the guy who is the manager of that uh, he's one of the supervisors there who's played by Josh Groban hates the fact that he just comes in there and just lounges it and uses it like an office and essentially exploits the loopholes to be able to use it like that uh, but it, it, it's one of those like hangout movies where Ben Schwartz plays Gina, uh, who is a, a a cop who just abuses his power as a cop, uh, who just comes in and just meets him for coffee. Uh, and Chad, who uh, essentially is, is has, has asked, essentially got annoyed at the fact that um, people got smoking breaks at work, so then used to fake that he was smoking um, so he could get these smoking breaks, but then accidentally really took up smoking. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I, just as a slight tangent, having to explain to someone, no, I'm not giving you a 15-minute paid break for, for smoking, and <laughs> yeah. having to explain why I'm not doing that was yeah. one of the more infuriating moments of my time managing people. And it, what, it's mental. Uh, Having to say to them, going, well, I, I, I have staff that smoke and they will occasionally go to me, I'm all right, let's go out for a, a quick cigarette. I'm like, yeah, that, that that's fine. Because if it's done at an appropriate time, anything like that, I'm fine with that. Um, and luckily, my staff who don't smoke um, have never come to me and gone, well, don't I get that? Because they know if they turn around and go, man, it's a quick whip out and get a drink. Yeah, of course you can. As long as it's done at the right time. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. So I'm kind of chilled like that. But yeah, I have had to explain to people, no, you, a smoking break isn't a right. Do what you fucking lunch to people. Um, anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But yeah, uh, so he ta- he's taken up smoking <laughs> just to get this. And they're going to turn this coffee town, a coffee town bistro. So Will then knows that he will lose it as an office. So they decide to fake a robbery um, of the place. And they're planning this. Chad can't seem to get it in his head that they're faking a robbery, that they're not actually committing a robbery, and keeps talking about the fact that it's going to be really good for him because he could kind of use the money. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, just, like, random weird shit happens. Like, uh, one of them gets into a fight with a kid with Down syndrome um, because they can't work out whether or not um, a normal person would uh, could fight a kid with Down syndrome because Down syndrome kids are super strong. <laughs> and so there's, there's bits like that in it okay but it all kinds of works in a really quite nice way <laughs> like that sounds like it should be really mean-spirited and it's not it works and they end up becoming really good friends with this kid with down syndrome through this <laughs> because the kid with down syndrome is like now nah, i can get the shit out of this guy <laughs> um and yeah it's one of those like 80 odd minute movies that um at some point, he's going to crop up on Netflix and he's going to find a bit of a home. I'm surprised it hasn't yet. Uh, but yeah, it, it's quite nice. You've got um, Adrian Palicki is in there that supplies, you know, good kind of comic relief. Um, and also, she's somewhat nice to look at kind of thing, which is literally what she's there for. But she's kind of in on that joke as well, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's quite a lot of fun. Um, moving on to a movie again. I'm going to ask you if you've seen this movie, Ian. Um, and I, if you haven't, I will implore you to watch it. Have you ever seen the Denzel Washington, Jonathan Lithgow movie, Ricochet? No. You need to watch this. And okay, you need okay. to watch it like, on a Saturday or a Friday night when you're not at work the next day with a couple of beers, um, when you've got a mild buzz on, because okay. you will adore this. Nice. Nice. So, okay. it's early Denzel, yeah. 1991. It's also got Ice-T and Kevin Pollock in there. Okay. Um, Denzel plays a cop who ends up becoming a district attorney because he finds fame um, off the back of the fact that he busts Jonathan Lithgow. Um, and it becomes, it, it ends up being on TV, this bust that he gives, uh, because somebody's filming it at the time. At that point, while that's happening, Jonathan Lithgow is holding a gun to a girl's face, um, and he's having this like to do with um, with, with Denzel Washington, and he says, and "I think I'm getting this right because it was a couple of weeks ago that I watched. I started watching this and then got broke off, and I, I continued watching it this week. Um, I'm going to blow this girl's face off. Um, it's going to look so bad that her boyfriend's going to have to put a bag over her head next time he fucks her." <laughs> It's right. a lie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit in this movie where Jonathan Lithgow is in prison in the and in, in the mess hall and in, 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 in the mess hall there, literally, um, he gets he he essentially wins over the white supremacists by having a gladiatorial battle with another white supremacist where they move all the tables out. Apparently, there's no guards here, right? And strap uh, like bits of newspaper to all of their arms to make to use armor, and then so you're thinking, all right, 
this is kind of, you know, newspaper on arm, that, that's fine. And then they have massive double-edged machetes to fight with. And it's like, okay, this has gone somewhere weird. There's just some absolutely batshit lines in it. Um, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Lithgow's little assistant man that he has, at one point they taser Denzel Washington to kidnap him, uh, to then try and frame him for all these bits of crimes that he's doing. When he tases him and he goes like, ow, Denzel, uh, Jonathan Lithgow's assistant like guy or henchman says, oh my God, he's completely out. I wonder if he shit himself. I can't wait to check. want to see if Denzel Washington shit himself and he Guys. can't wait to look <laughs> honestly mate it's it okay. absolutely mental but just an awful lot of fun <laughs> Lithgow okay. is doing some stuff in this movie doing some stuff <laughs> ricochet Ricochet. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. All I, right. I will, I will sort you out, is what I will say. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, it's an awful fucking lot of fun. Yeah, and that's 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 all I've 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 watched um, other than the movies we we're going to talk about. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um. What I, what I was last thing I was on Ricochet is it, it it will get an awful lot of watching over the years from me because it's just mental. <laughs> What's it on? Um, I have an old copy of it. Okay, got you. <laughs> up in the up in the loft. Yeah. Up the Nice. Uh, thank you. Um, so I've got uh, I've got a couple. I think I forgot to talk about Dream Girls on the last show. Or did I talk about it? I thought you did talk about it. No, I, 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 I think I forgot as well. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, I've been on this um, kind of Eddie Murphy kick a little bit of late. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it, I just, it came up on Netflix. It was like, I've never seen that before. And we were talking about Bill Condon uh, a little while back as well, just because like the fucking mental career he's had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, here's an example of it. So, uh, you know, musical from the mid noughties, which I... I kind of knew about because I knew it was like Jennifer Hudson's big like breakout thing, you know, she gets an introducing uh, credit in um, in in this. So I think she'd won American Idol a couple of years previous. Um, and yeah, I the 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 fuck the pace of the film is insane. Like it feels like there is literally a song every couple of minutes. Mm. Um. And it really fucking ramps through the story. Did Eddie Murphy uh, get nominated for a best supporting for this as well? Yeah, so this is the, this was the year where it, it kind of seems like Norbit fucked him over. Mm. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, I, it's interesting because you watch it now, and it's Eddie Murphy is fucking great in this. It also feels like he's if he was getting an Oscar, it's because Ed, it's time we gave Eddie Murphy an Oscar. Yeah. Um, like he's a good supporting player. He sings a bunch and, you know, see like t- people on Twitter exploding because they discovered that Eddie Murphy, like did party all the time in the eighties. Yeah. That song's a fucking banger. Like yeah. what's the problem? 
I'm, um, I'm, I'm still waiting for when people are going to realise and remember that Andy Cole released a song in the mid-90s called uh, Outstanding. Who did, sorry? Andy Cole, you know, the footballer. The, the footballer, <laughs> yeah. really. Outstanding. He released a song called Andy Cole's Outstanding. And it was a, it, yeah, it's like a rap song. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. That, At some I'm, point, people are going to discover that. And when they do, I'm going to go, I have been telling people for years about this. But, it's just as a slight tangent. Party all the time. I didn't know it was like some big unknown thing. Yeah, I didn't. I just thought it was a thing people knew. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that tune, like that chorus, like I've just known that chorus for a long time. Yep. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, and I mean he's very good in this, um, but he's 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 not the focus. He is supporting, but he's kind of the catalyst because the the girls like start their careers kind of like as backing singers for him, and then after that he kind of pops up every now and then. Um, and then spoiler alert for a fourteen year old film, his character tops himself because um, uh, Jamie Foxx's kind of like evil record producer won't let him do the things he wants to do with his career um I, 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 you know and it, it, he's very very good but it does just feel like one of those it's just kind of like a steam train rolling along and that you know and that's why he's getting nominated yeah. um but yeah and like i say oh nice it's not not to say he's not good um but yeah it, it's and the thing is the, the, the plot barrels along so fast that by the end it kind of just feels like shit. Okay, we're wrapping up already then. So Jennifer Hudson's character, it it's an interesting arc because the whole thing is basically she's got a fucking fantastic voice, but she and she always talks about want, wanting to do this, this and that, and she never quite like does it. She's always like finding excuses for herself, uh, for herself, and so. Uh, and, and then, like, uh, they decide to have Beyonce, like, front the the, the, the group instead, um, even though it's kind of like Jamie Foxx's way of controlling the situation because he knows Jennifer Hudson's character's got a better voice. Or blah, blah, blah. Um, but then the second half of the film, she kind of comes back, but it's a bit it, it's like a smaller victory where, OK, she's singing in public again and she's not scared. Uh, and then she has a bit of a reunion with the dream girls just right when they're breaking up. And it's like, oh, okay then. And the, like the the end of the first half of the film is Jennifer Hudson's like big, I'm telling you, I'm not going. But then she goes. <laughs> I, it's no, it, it, and it's it's weird because it's like it, this song to Jamie Fox about how she's not. You know, she's not fucking off and she is going to make make a name for herself. And then the character doesn't. And it, it's just very odd. But then also, um, again, spoilers for Dreamgirls. Um, she she's like shagging Jamie Foxx at first. And then he turns his attention to, to Beyonce and then she gets pregnant. She doesn't tell him about the kid. And then uh, there's like a Dreamgirls reunion performance at the end. And then Jamie Foxx sees the kid, puts two and two together but then it ends and it's just like well okay i'm i don't really know what i'm supposed to think in this moment and but Mm. it's got this whole kind of like barreling along energy like musicals do but by the end it's like okay so the dream girls have kind of like made their peace with each other that's nice jamie fox has got a kid that he didn't know about and even though he was basically like evil record producer man are we supposed to feel sorry for him now 
Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, the second half of this film just felt really like it, it was juggling a load of balls and then just let them all fall down on the floor. Um, and it, it's a shame because there's some, like the second half of it, it's got like Eddie Murphy, like his whole, like the, the event that basically makes Jamie Foxx fire him is um playing like a tribute to the record label show um and he's singing this ballad and he's like nah fuck this i'm gonna sing something else and then he's like singing this great almost like james brownie kind of number and that shit's fucking great and and, and, and so then you've got that but juxtaposed against beyonce learning that jamie fox isn't a very nice guy and jennifer hudson making a very very small comeback i just it, 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 the first half wrote checks that the second half's ass couldn't cash, cash basically. Yeah, it, 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 it's a film that runs out of steam itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, Hudson is is very good. Uh, Beyonce's really good, actually. Uh, Jamie Foxx, like, decent. You know, I mean, like, the, the, the cast are all good. It just, it's... Yeah, like, it's so weird that that Jennifer Hudson number happens then, and then she... It's just the fact that it's like it's called I'm telling you I'm not going and then she fucks off. <laughs> I, I, it, it's this is like you're lying, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it, it, it feels like it feels like I'm probably missing something there. But I watched the film, I gave the film my attention, and that's what I came away with. So hey, um, only other one apart from um, uh, playing it forward stuff. Uh, I watched Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. I, so Friday right. night, show get uh, 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 playing it forward gets postponed and it's like right fuck it it's Friday night what am I gonna watch? Amazon Prime suggests to me because I watch Charlie's Angels Charlie's Angels Full Throttle go on then. So as I said last week, I went to the cinema and watched this and fucking hated it. Watching it now, I've got no idea why. <laughs> it's fun. I honestly could not tell you why I reacted so strongly to it previously, other than I must have just had a bug up my ass. Um, I mean, it's the first one's already kind of odd enough. This second one goes full on McGee just taking the piss. And it's incredible. Like there is an action sequence where, an assassin is trying to get someone at a motocross event. So the angels all have to pose as motocross dry, uh, riders. Yeah. And it's being like refereed by pink. Yeah. And the, 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 the weirdness of this is that I think the, the rider who's doing all like, the stunt bits, stuff like that was pink's husband. Sure. It literally yeah. is like they went, Pink, we want you to do the title song for Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. And she went, all right, but you've got to cast my husband in the film and you've got to do an entire sequence based around what my husband does for a living. Uh, no, I mean, and, 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 but the thing is, the sequence... And, and Mitch G went, all right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a laugh. Why not? Because he just really liked fucking Pink. But, yeah. <laughs> so not fucking Pink. Just pink the artist. You know, fair enough. You know, and I mean, like that that sequence is incredible. It's Rodrigo Santoro going up motocross jumps and then turning around on his bike and shooting at the angels 
who are chasing him. But in slow-mo bullet time with the Prodigy soundtracking the entire thing. And it's like it was so weird because like the first one had smack my bitch up. This one's got Firestarter and Breathe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, McGee's a big Prodigy M- fan. McGee fucking loves Fat of the Land. Like that, like just he probably would have used funky shit, but they used that in the, in the end credits for Event Horizon. He was like, oh, it's been used. Yeah, it, it's like, yeah, I, it, 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 I, but I mean, it all looks like the green screen and the CG looks so bad now. Like there, there's a sequence at the beginning where they kind of like go off a dam and it just, it looks horrific. Um, But, and some of the guys from Jackass in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pontius plays an Irish gangster. <laughs> it was that weirdness where there was also what else was it? Ah, um, oh, fuck. What's that one about the club dancers that starred Maria Bella and what's it? Ah, oh, fucking hell. What's it called? That randomly, um, like half of the Jackass crew fucking just turned up in a bar for that movie as well. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll find out. Give me a second. I'll find out. Yeah. I, I know. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just it's it's a film that has Justin Faroe play an Irish gangster, and you know what? His Irish accent's not bad, at least to my ear. Like he's he's pretty convincing. I'm just look. I'm just looking at some of the fucking. Some of the cameos in this, the Olsen twins, Carrie yep. Fisher, yep. Bruce Willis. Yep. Um, like, you know, the Pussycat Dolls make an appearance. By the way, the movie I was thinking of was Coyote Ugly. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, Piper. If you said Piper Parabo, I would have been like, yeah, Coyote Ugly, but you went with Maria Bello, which I respect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's absolutely taking the piss throughout but has a pretty good time with itself. Shia LaBeouf's in it for no reason whatsoever. Bernie Mac plays Bosley, the brother of Bill Murray's character, which <laughs> they just seem to accept. Like there's there's a, a a scene where he's got Shia LaBeouf hiding out in his mum's house, and there's just a picture of Bill Murray on the wall. <laughs> I fucking have to watch this. It's I I I, I don't. I, the shit with Crispin Glover, I mean, A, they brought Crispin Glover back. Um, B, his entire thing is that he gets off on cutting hair off women, sniffing it, and then just screaming. <laughs> um, and it, But it, it's like, you know that Crispin Glover was like, I'll come back, but only if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And McGee was just like... All right, then I want to see out where this goes. You is know, there poss- is there a possibility that in like ten years' time we're going to look back on the career of McGee and go, you know what? Take away Terminator Salvation. <laughs> I just, it, yeah, I, 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 I mean, these these films are fun, and like I say, the first one, it's it is kind of silly, but it does kind of make sense in itself. This one, I mean, yeah, it is full throttle. It's fucking batshit. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, Demi Moore's like the lead bad guy. She's an ex-angel. Looks really good in a swimsuit and looks like she can handle herself. Like, she's a very, very good villain. 
But then you've got Crispin Glover just playing a dude who likes to smoke cigarettes and scream. I, I it, yeah, there's some weird subversive shit going on with this film that it kind of feels like at some point in the near future it's going to be reclaimed by film Twitter. Yeah. It wouldn't, um, surprise me. it wouldn't surprise me if, if we end up getting a uh, there's there's a lot of uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting a current Charlie's Angels and a the previous Charlie's Angels crossover oh that, nah never happened mate it'll never happen like that that film the, the Charlie's Angels from last year did so fucking badly that it's I think it's killed Charlie's Angels as a movie property I think the, 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 could just be because of lockdown, but there's been a lot of them doing bits about Charlie's Angels. Of who, sorry? Uh, of Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, no, because uh, Drew Barrymore's got a talk show now, hasn't she? So they kind of brought brought them all on. Yeah, I've seen, 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 seen a lot about it. I mean, the thing is, honestly, I, I would watch another one of these films either with this cast or the new cast or or a mashup i would like i like all three i I will say i like all three of these films um but i mean i'm just having a look now so charlie's angels did 73 million worldwide on a 48 million budget yeah i mean like that's jesus wept it did 17 million in the u.s yeah it bombed in the u.s I mean, 55 million internationally is not 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 great, but that's actually not as bad as I thought it would uh, it, it was. Um, what did Full Throttle do? So Full Throttle did 259 million worldwide off of 120 million budget, so probably not really making money. But the first one was a 93 million budget and did 264. So that's yeah. the thing. If they kept if they just kept the budget down. Yeah, so the, the, the full throttle was $24 million more. If they kept the budget down, then, you know, you're looking at, all right, you probably washed your face. Um, yeah. Yeah, they are a weird selection of films. I mean, it, it just, it it's interesting, because Charlie's, An- Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, they do... Like they, Cameron Diaz does an awful lot of shaking her ass at the screen. Yeah. On in it, and there's uh, there's a moment in the um in the first one where Drew Barrymore is like in a kind of like a racing suit. It's basically just got her tits out. Yeah. She, 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 it, it, it's it's heavy fucking cleavage. Yeah. It is. It's it literally is like I'm gonna put some pasties on my nipples because you probably can see them. Yeah, quite. And, uh, you know, whereas the the, new, the newer ones, none of those stars would ever do anything like that. Um, but it's got, it, I don't know, it, it's, it feels more, it feels sincere, whereas the McGee ones just felt like they were taking the piss. And maybe it would have been nice if, like, you could have a Charlie's Angels film that had, an, a, a, like, an element of both to that. Like, Christian Stewart is genuinely funny in the Elizabeth Banks one. But that's about it in terms of funny. That film does take itself quite seriously. And but, 
a Charlie's Angels movie should do anything but take itself seriously. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Kristen Stewart, the one you think would take herself the most seriously, is the only one not taking herself seriously in that film. So there you go. That was my adventures with the McGee Charlie's Angels films. Uh, yeah, I would now be perfectly happy to watch them again. <laughs> Good. Didn't think I would have said that beforehand, so there we are. So. I know where the bastard sleeps. <laughs> you know. Let's do Dracula, or should I say Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Which, um, apparently that was the title because uh, Francis Ford Coppola likes having the writers names at the top of the films yep um i want to see who jack was written by <laughs> some fucking look i always forget about jack fucking hell i saw jack at the cinema nice <laughs> it's G- gary nadeau's and james de monaco's jack Jack. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Made me laugh. I always forget that that's a fucking what is it? That that's a Francis Ford Coppola. So, Bram Stoker's Dracula, forty million budget, did two fifteen worldwide in ninety two money. And I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain it's an eighteen. Oh hell yeah, it is. That. I, I mean, it made some fucking bank. You could see why they they went for Frankenstein after, can't you? Um. They went for it with this, with, with essentially like the unofficial monsters reboot. Yeah, 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 quite. Um, where they actually made them fucking horror movies. Like, it, interesting. So, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is directed by Francis Paul Coppola, stars Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, um, uh, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Carrie Always, uh, Richard D. Grant, uh, Tom Waits, Sadie Frost, introducing Sadie Frost. Um, you know, and. <laughs> Which makes, which makes more sense because she's been in movies before. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Why it the was, fuck did they do that? She was also in... Uh, she was like, she'd been in like a... a not, like, not much, but she'd been in a few before. I think it was maybe just to go, look, this is her on the big stage, but yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um. So, yeah. Um. So this, this is this is a fucking interesting bit of work this um i was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on the itunes extras um uh, earlier on this evening and it kind of feels like the cast were just like it was a bit of a mess and things were getting written and rewritten every day but i'll tell you what it was a lot of fucking fun doing it um not surprised me yeah yeah um so bram stoker's dracula uh mark i rudely interrupted you guys talking about it um last week so uh what were your thoughts on rewatch um the the thing is i haven't watched this for a a number of years um and then bets we'll scroll through it a couple on netflix bets said just watching bram stalker's track and i was like yeah and i think the last time i watched this uh was probably uh it was on vhs that was the last time i watched it oh wow okay so you're probably touching 20 years since i watched this movie um it's the first time i think i watched it was on laserdisc 
Um, but it's and now knowing a lot more about cinema and the the workings of how and, and how things work, it is very much like Francis Ford Coppola is is trying to use every fucking trick in the book. He's got a big old fucking bag of fucking tricks and he wants to fucking use them all whilst also looking at that 18 certificate and going oh i'm earning that i am earning that i am taking the book literally and then i'm gonna add shit to it as well so you want to see sadie frost get fucked by a dog you're gonna see sadie frost getting fucked by a dog you want to see like in Tom Waits going full fucking batshit, been tied up fucking weird. You're gonna fucking see that. You wanna see fucking Keanu Reeves rolling around while uh, Monica Bellucci sucks on his arm. You're gonna see it. And you wanna see Gary Oldman just do every fucking accent he can think of all at once. You're gonna see it. It's just it it grabs you at the start when you've got. Hopkins giving his, um, you know, doing the the, the um, Van Helsing over the top of it and doing like the narrator's bit and every so often reminding you how well Hopkins can be, <laughs> um, yeah, which yeah. is brilliant. And he's doing that and then you've got the big fucking epicness and then you've got him stabbing a cross literally at the start of the movie. He stabs a cross and then the fucking blood just goes everywhere. And you're going, all right, so in your version of Dracula, uh, Franny, essentially Dracula just decides to become Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Dracula just gets that angry with God that he becomes Dracula. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's a fu- it, it's that uh, it's that dodgeball meme of like, well, it's a it, it's an interesting strategy. Let's see if it pays Bold off. Bold strategy, fun. that was it. <laughs> and it literally, it's that, and it's it's glorious in its in, in its pomposity and its um, the fact that you have what essentially is quite a large budget movie for the time, you know, ninety two. And it's not like, um, because you look back at it and go, no, no, no because um, something like T2 was a large budget movie. Like, no, T2 was a stratospheric budget movie. You know, a hundred million, that didn't happen around this time. Yeah. But to make essentially what is unapologetically a, a genre and a B movie, um, and to make that, with what you know at the time you know weren't quite you know you look back at it and go we're huge stars they were up and comers and we now view as huge stars but franny coppola was the star of this movie yeah uh, at the time uh, anyway and more hopkins than anybody else who hopkins is having a blast in this movie it's it, it it's chaotic it's ridiculous but my God, it is watchable. Yeah, 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 totally. It's him. Um, it's him. He's grown younger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the there are some fucking casting choices in this, man. Um, I mean, Keanu Reeves, like, he, he's trying very, very hard. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work. It does not work. 
on Winona doesn't work either. No, 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 quite. Uh, no, I mean, there's that bit where they get married and they start kissing and whatnot. It's like you on it. Oh, it was almost like they were just going to start fucking right there and then. They were like, close to it, weren't they? They were horny, but not for each other at the time. Yeah. <laughs> still horny for that little fucking, that room he had. That room yeah. of fucking decadence and fucking his Gamora. And she was horny for the cow. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because that, that, that's the thing. It's like the first hour, hour and a quarter of this film, I think is just sensational. Yeah. Like that, like, oh, oh, Lottie's going to bed too. Sorry about that. Um, so, um, yeah, just, you know, that fucking like fighting costume he's got on at the beginning where it just basically looks like musculature. Yeah. it's mental woo you know like wow all right dog Uh, (laughs) sorry honey all right note to self don't do that in front of the dog sorry kids um did you hear that yeah yeah it was kind of of perfect timing yeah that was um yeah no but i mean like you could see why this one best costume design at the oscars or at least i'm pretty fucking sure it did um but yeah, it's so. I mean, that's amazing. Like the 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 differing versions of Dracula, uh, just incredible. That like the entire like begin like beginning of Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman with like the shadows, um, just amazing work. I mean, it's Coppola just full on. I fucking love cinema. Here's some fucking cinema. Yes. Um, and that's great. I think it, it becomes less successful later on when it's suddenly trying to sell you on actually Winona Ryder really is into him. Yeah. Um, and wants to be taken by him and whatnot. And it's a bit like where, yeah, what, what, where's this coming from? Yeah. It is a little bit like, I, what? <laughs> you've taken, you wait, you, you've taken a big turn back on yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like i don't know she gets married to um jonathan and she says but I, you know i still have feelings for my prince i hope he's okay and then five minutes later she's literally saying like take me away from all this death i want to be with you let fucking suck me off yeah. um and, and even dracula is quite surprised by it <laughs> he's like whoa <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, no, I, don't yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want a committed relationship i'm I'm a mortal. Can you imagine what I'd be like if we were together forever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Um, but then you do have Anthony Hopkins being full on fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know, the, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a bit where he, he kind of discovers that it's Dracula that he's actually facing and he gets really excited and he's there with uh, Richard E. Grant and Carrie Elwes and he's going, oh, it's Dracula, it's Dracula. He's like, oh, well, but what what about my Lucy? And he's like, oh, she, she's horribly deaf. And, and it's just like, he just, he seems so excited. He's like, come on, I'm really hungry. Let's go for something to eat. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the, just the weird lack of bedside manner that he's got with all, like, at the um, um, Lucy's funeral. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you know, can, can we take the body? Like, what do you need for an autopsy? No, I just want to take take off her head and pull out her heart. <laughs> yeah. 
way you say it. No, I mean, it's just, like, amazing. Like, he's doing it all with such a fucking knowing wink. Um, But that's the thing. It's like, the performances are just mental, because Winona Ryder's quite subdued. Sadie Frost is fucking going for it. I, 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 I... Sadie Frost in this fucking movie. I bet She's you do. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Like Psycho Hose Beast, isn't she? So that's that's <laughs> all you. Um, so many fucking boxes being ticked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Literally, Bex, Bex at one point turned around and went, Sadie Frost. Like, I, I, I said, Sadie Frost, she's not very good in this, is she? And I kind of shot her a look and just went, Oh, the crazy, horny fucking redhead Mark likes. Well, there's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that's. But that, that's the job that she's doing in this film. From the off, she's horny as shit. <laughs> and she's found this beast man who's giving her absolutely everything she wants. You know, it's... Uh, it literally is a beast man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's something else is <laughs> this film. And, you know, I, 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 I've, watched, I've watched it a few times over the last few years. And it's just very very entertaining but i will say i think i remember it more for the earlier goings on than i than i do for for the rest of it even though i will say though saying that that one bit where um they uh they kind of catch him towards the end and he's is he like hanging upside down or something and then like you just see his red eyes and it kind of goes into darkness and then yeah. the light turns on he's just like it's just rats you know <laughs> it's like that is incredible um yeah i it, it, you know coppola was going for something here and i think he pulls it off because the subject matter meets him yeah it, it, it's he manages to land enough crazy yeah yeah i think that's fair um, definitely not shit, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's definitely not shit. It, 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 it's, it's a glorious, uh, absolute... It's not even like a mess of a film. It, it, is, it has some odd elements that just really just manage to work in its favour rather than against it, whereas it, realistically any it should usually work against it. It's, it's almost... It's the closest to... Um, it's the closest I think Coppola has got to sort of the chaoticness of uh, Apocalypse Now without being Apocalypse Now. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and our audience poll was definitely not shit 71%. Nice. Uh, touching cloth 21% and shit 7%. Okay, fair enough. Very good. Um, also, I will say it looks really nice in 4K on iTunes, and the iTunes version's been fucking Atmos as well. It's like, wow, we. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, good. Um, so, questions. What have we got? Uh, so, we have one from uh, Paul Dan, um, who says, oh, nice. In honour of Bram Stoker's Dracula, what's the worst attempt at a British accent ever committed to film? You can't have Dick Van Dyke. Ian, are you going to say Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> no, I'm not, because I, <laughs> I don't want to piss Paul off. No, um, uh, I mean, it's... Cheadle it's John in the Cheadle Oceans in films. Yeah. It's John Cheadle in the Oceans films. <laughs> you know, that, that's the it, it's the obvious fucking winner. I mean, there will be other ones out there. There's... Oh, what the fuck? Um, is it? Give me two seconds and I will find out. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. 
Give me two seconds while we fill, while I fucking do this. Which film is it I'm thinking of? Where the fuck is it? Is it, um, is it Lethal Weapon? I think it, I think I can't think of the film where Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon. Where you have, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Blade Runner. It's not, is it? Back. Thanks to think of this. You know, when you've got something in your head and you you, you can see it, but it's not because it's Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. What's his name from Blade Runner? Um, who plays Leon in Blade Runner? Um, oh God. Ryan James. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tango yeah. and Cash plays a uh, a guy doing a British accent, and it is fucking horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Like at one point, uh, Kurt Russell calls him a limey bastard. <laughs> and you go, oh, is he playing British? <laughs> nice. Honestly, he's, he sounds like an Australian doing a bad South African accent. One or two. It's fucking it's summer, yeah. But it's that, that, that. But yeah, Don Cheadle is the answer. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Ethan M. Barr. Inspired by Neil Holmes, which famous character's sibling... Would you like to watch a movie about? Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good question, that. There's got to be one. There's got to be, like, a really fucking obvious one. Like, fucking, like, I don't know. Sarah Connor's got a brother. <laughs> and he just has to deal with all about their medical bills. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's just like it's like a comedy starring Ron Livingston. <laughs> Rambo's sister just keeps on turning up like two hours after he left. <laughs> yeah, just going. What's he done now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rambo was supposed to have a sister, actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, the original idea for um him when he when he goes back um at, in after Rambo. Um, to the farm was going to be that his father was still alive um, and that he actually had a sister that he he kind of knew about but has never met um, and then it was supposed to be his his niece um, was captured by the cartel and that, that's how it became the what we got for uh, Rambo Last Blood uh, that his niece was captured by the cartel and he goes to Mexico to get her back and it, the whole thing was supposed to be set in Mexico in like a Sicario kind of uh, manner but it, it, it never it was supposed to be it wasn't supposed to be the last of the movies there was supposed to be that one and then another one which was just him back at the, the farm and was supposed to be a bit more of a think piece kind of one to, to kind of bookend them all um, yeah. so that was supposed to be the original idea for that so originally he was supposed to have a sister that would have been a, yeah, that would have been a hell of a thing. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. the original I, I, ideas, but um, then Stallone kind of got sidetracked with um, Expendables, and then it, it just it, it could never quite nail the film uh, going back. Okay, so that's that's kind of what happened with that. 
Yeah, I want Sarah Connor's uh, Sarah Connor's brother who who needs to just sort of deal with all the shit that's going on and kind of make sense of all the crazy. But I want it to be a comedy written and directed by Mike Judge, starring Ron Livingston. That's good shit. No, nice, good answer that. So partially like an Office Part Two, Office Space <laughs> Part Two. Oh dear. Uh, are we another one? Uh, Rick Kid, Eric J Kid. Uh, combine the two films uh, being reviewed. If you were if you were casting Dracula and Sherlock Holmes. Who would you pick for each role? Only limitation you can't they can't have already played the role before. Javier Bardem as Dracula. That's a really good shout. Can't work out if he's handsome Bardem. Oh, it'd be too much for me. Yeah. Um, can I have foot for Sherlock? Uh Holmes. Can I have Olivia Coleman? Fucking hell, that's a really good choice. Like like as as like a proper Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, just that. I don't want it as a fucking BBC fucking drama or, or comedy. I want it as a proper fucking movie. Yeah. It's a proper Sherlock Holmes movie. But can you, I think Olivia Coleman would fucking nail that. I think those are our answers. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't I could think of one for, for the Dracula. Um, I can tell you who the worst ever casting of Dracula was. Who? Dominic Purcell in... Uh, in oh, in Blade Trinity. Oh God, that's right. He's the least threatening <laughs> Dracula ever. Yeah, yeah. I I don't mean this in a in a negative way, but they made him so mid noughties uh, mid noughties like fucking homosexual chic. Yeah, sure. Oh it man, that in a movie that shouldn't work at all, but you kind of like because it's getting dragged along by the sheer force of personality of Parker Posey and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you kind of watch it going, I guarantee you in Blade Trinity, Wesley Snipes fucking hated working with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Snipes uh, did not have a good time on that in general, did he? No, he didn't like doing it, did he? Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think I think we've got two fucking solid answers there. Fuck it, can you imagine that? Like a Park Chan Wook directed in the style of like first Dracula movie starring Javier Bardem. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Oh, the dog's looking at me again because I made that noise. <laughs> that All would right. be a fucking great one. Oh dear, very good, very good. Um. That brings us to the end of 300, uh, episode 365 of Film Bastards. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we shall return with stuff. Yep. LFF coverage will uh, uh, will we'll start, but we don't quite know what we're going to be covering on the show yet. So do keep listening. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. Um, Ian's Guide to Bondage returning should be this week. Um have you got any other podcast records coming up at all? Um, no, I think we've got a... Obviously, there'll be a, 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 a playing at fall coming up, and then we've got, um, I think, me and Noel are planning on before the end of the year, which I know seems like uh, it's three months, but really, you know, realistically, what is it? We've got um, another uh, Tales of the Tape deck coming out. So if you want to check out that previous episode of that, uh, which is on Ice-T, um, where I talked to Noel about Ice-T, we've got another episode coming out um, shortly uh, where Ian, where Ian, uh, where Noel talks to me about, uh, I, I talked to Noel about um, John Mayer. So that's coming up 
uh, and there'll be another Slater cast at some point soon. Uh, yeah, which we, we fucking... Do we ask Pod Syndicate gang just fucking throw a podcast out there like a motherfucker? And we try. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, we try. Right, so uh, that'll be it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, take care, stay safe, wear your mask, and yep. we'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.